You know what Jesus said at the Last Supper? Uh, what? He said, okay, all you guys who want your picture taken, come on over this side of the table. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. The Penn and Maggie Show. He's about to get crazy and wild. Stay for a while. Don't touch a radio dial. The Maggie Show. Kicking it back. Sports talk. Listen to that and stay tuned for some giggles and laughs. Go. Welcome to the Planet Mikey Show. Hi, everybody. This is Bill Clinton. I'm the new staff announcer here on the Planet Mikey podcast. Does that sound like him at all? Um, yeah. Not really, though. No, no. All right, listen to me do Hillary, though. Okay. So, <laughs> this is where we, we like to start with in an unruly fashion. Yeah. On the Planet Mikey podcast, episode 103. Ooh. 103. Wow. And, uh, of course, we ask all of you to subscribe to our weekly diligent uh, efforts to amuse you, to entertain you. Okay, we, we gave up on that a long time ago. We're here, though, on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. Ben, anywhere else? Are we anywhere else? Uh, CastBox, Deezer, every place okay. you can find Good. a podcast, we're there. We're on Twitter, at Planet Mikey. And, you know, with really very little provocation, we'll come to your house. Do the fucker live at your house. We will. <laughs> Fifteen bucks each, guys. Is that fair? The people Sounds and good. places depicted in the Planet Mikey podcast are purely fictional. Any similarities to actual people, places, or things, living or dead, is purely coincidental. No animals were harmed in any way during the production of this podcast. Well, okay, we did play Red Rocket with one of the puppies. We have a guest tonight, and that's always a good news thing for us. Just freshens up everything when we have a guest, and this is a guy who's been here before. Now, there are, there's a list of people that will never be on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, obviously. Yeah, any like Vladimir Putin will not be on the podcast, ever. Oh. No, he's not, that's not going to happen. Uh, Kirk Minahan will probably never be on the podcast. I know Mutt <laughs> won't be. But Jerry Thornton, we keep bringing him back because he's great. Jerry Thornton from Barstool Sports, everybody! Hey! Fellas, it's good to be back. Congratulations on 103 episodes. I just did the math, and I think that's longer than I lasted at WEEI. <laughs> <laughs> Through no fault of your own, I must say. Of course, you know, as we watch them dissipate into dust as a radio station, we all kind of saw it coming, didn't we? Yeah, I, I have to say, and I've talked to other people that were colleagues of ours, and we all kind of feel like we're on the deck of the Carpathia, and we're wearing blankets, and we're just sipping hot tea, and we're watching the stern of the <laughs> ship that we left just yeah. go underneath the, the waves in the North Atlantic. Definitely on the poop deck, too, of all decks. So that's where we would be with it. It's a mess. I don't know. I Look, I, I've gone over to, over and over. To, it's sad, though. It's been five years since I've been out of there, but that station, wow. it's just like... They're just completely crumbling. They're eroding. Yeah, I, I didn't want this. Like, I, I I didn't leave under bad circumstances. No. I just left to get away from Ben. Mm, you know, fair. like, I, I, seriously, I would have just wrapped myself in oily rags and walked through an inferno to get away from Ben. But no, I just, I had a better opportunity, and I wished everybody well, and I left on the best possible terms yeah. and then it's like five years goes by and you just watch them <laughs> just make mistake after mistake yeah. after mistake and you just go like did i did we did i have a guardian angel you must feel like thank god they let me go well i you know i withstood 23 years three buildings five different managements uh 
and uh, and mutt at the very end is what got me. Can you imagine, <laughs> oh, Can you sorry, imagine that? Get, getting the, by the way, I listened on the way in. I heard Jerry Thornton. Did you ever have to do the pajama gram commercials, or was that given to like Dale? Sounds like something Dale would have had to do. You know, or oh, it was totally Dale. Was it? Yeah, I mean, I remember. Who's Dale doing? Dale Pajamagrams, yes. <laughs> I, of course. I, I never did a Pajamagram thing. Hoodie, hoodie I'll be pajamas? honest with you. I yeah. would have done anything for the month. <laughs> well, I, like, yeah. I had no standards. I would have done an Asian massage parlor. If there was a, a medicinal marijuana store, I would have just done it for, <laughs> for anything. But I think I kind of feel like... Those are two businesses that would have gone straight to you. Well, that's right. You just hit two of our latest sponsors, actually. A, 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 a dispensary and uh, uh, what was the, what's the name of the massage parlor? Wubby Wong Way? Was that what it was? <laughs> Wong Time. <laughs> Wubby Wong Way. No, it's over down. Yeah, you yeah. know where it is. Um, yeah, but I, I forgot all about the pajama yes. thing. Holy. Always holy riveting God. radio when you hear Dale talking about pajama grams. With the, this one comes in a nude so it can make you look like you're nude. You know, How need, dare you? Yeah, so, uh, and, and then, and don't forget the special mutt backdoor gateway pajama grams with the poop shoot in the back where you just <laughs> drop the flap. Uh, did you guys talk a lot? Did you hear mutt. much from mutt? No, fuck. <laughs> never, <laughs> never talk. So, how are things at Barstool Sports, Jerry Thornton? Because you know your stuff is always great. I love, I love reading it. I do miss hearing you on the radio. Yeah. Uh, but but how's everything at the stool? I, you know what, as far as anybody has gotten through this mess all right, I think we've gotten through all right, and it's taken a lot of sweat equity, and, and you know, we we have all just tried to hunker down and make sure that we're driving content or whatever. Like, it, it's not been easy, but then you look at, like, I don't know, ESPN, and you see how they're laying people off, and we haven't let anybody go, and, and believe me, every day I... I thank God that I ended up where I ended up, and it's 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 not been easy. I imagine every day during the last I don't know nine, ten, eleven months where you're waking up and trying trying to have fun on the internet, <laughs> right, <laughs> right, which which by its definition is like. I don't know. It's like that twilight zone where the meteor goes overhead and everybody in the neighborhood decides that they're monsters and they're yeah. here to destroy us. And that's what the Internet is like. That's what social media is like. It's a fest. So it, it, honestly, it's a festering cesspool of hate. It's like it's like uh, everybody in the dorm has diarrhea and none of the toilets flush. That's what it's like. <laughs> yeah. being yeah. and, you're, and you're trying to drive content that is like comedic and just trying to keep things light and you don't want to completely ignore like the fact that the world is on fire but we live in this atmosphere of what i like to call oh so what you're saying is ism right right you know like if you just say hey you know what here's a thing that i think is kind of funny oh so what you're saying is that you're not concerned about the problems of the world you're just trying to talk about something that's funny and, you know, our, our readers, God bless them, have, have stuck with us. And, and I'm not saying that we haven't once in a while stepped in it to a certain extent and owned up to it. And, you know, we've had to change and evolve, but not, I don't think, lose who we really are, you know. And um, I'm happy that, uh, that that this is the life that I've chosen. Yeah, I, I, I miss being on the radio to an extent. And yeah. I, I get my... Um, 
you know, I, I, I get my, my Jones by being on some of the, the Barstool radio shows and, and talking to friends like you. Pete Shepard, bless his heart, I was on with him last week. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he he's, hasn't changed. He's fantastic. But uh, You know, Boston yeah, misses I, him and you for, for t- two totally different reasons, but because likable personalities are hard to come by these days. Yep. Yeah, I, there's there's a certain element of that too. If you're just trying to be likable, people say, "Okay, so know what you're doing. You're ignoring that there's other things going on." Like, no, I just yeah. want to talk about the fact that <laughs> I went to a comic con and I got to sit in the original Batmobile and stuff like that. Oh, you know, but did but you really like, do yeah, that? When, when, oh, oh for, for sure. Actually, the day before I, I after I left EEI, I was still doing um, well filling work. And for a few blessed uh, weeks, Pete and I were doing, like, NFL Sundays together. And, like, we did a, a half an hour about how I went to a Comic-Con set in the original Batmobile. And, and it was like after, when when the mics went off, yeah, I think I went and sat on his lap and we just held each other. <laughs> I'm like, oh, thank you for it's caring tough. about that. It was amazing. Now, this is the one from the, the Michael Keaton Batman movie. That you no, sh- when I say original, the, no, from I'm the sixty, from the sixties, uh, Adam West, a- a- Adam West, oh, and, and Burt Ward, my that's friend, that's even and better. This was months before uh, Adam West left us, and uh, I right. got to got to see him in, in person. But see, these are the things that are important, and we've lost sight of them just because we're in a worldwide uh, pandemic. Yeah. Well, and you know what? I've been under attack on on Twitter in the past. This is like in the last four or five days. I tweeted on Thanksgiving about my ancestry. Stephen Hopkins came over on the Mayflower, and I was just putting a little history in there on Twitter about how it was his Stephen Hopkins' second trip to America and, you know, uh, all this stuff. So some guy from India, I swore to God, some guy, <laughs> Captain Rajit Kasumoruhaka or whatever, attacked me and, and said that I was a lying C-word and that Stephen Hopkins didn't come to you know, making making me out to be a liar about my own heritage, right? So he's all over me. So I wrote back, "F off, you're an asshole," and I and I blocked him because that's what you're supposed to do, right? That's right. Yep. Guess what? I got about 1,900 responses to my tweet back to him from India. <laughs> Apparently, all of his followers really hate me now, and I was just defending my honor and my ancestry. They're all over me now. And then one guy actually threatened me. Bad things are going to come to you. Just you watch Oh man! on Twitter. So I, I made a complaint. I said, this guy's threatening me. He's, he said he's going to come over here and cut off my head or something. I don't know. Isn't that weird? Twitter's such a hateful place. Actually, I was one of the people taking his side because you are, in fact, a lying keyword. Uh, I think, I think I, you know, the truth is a defense against libel, Mikey. Um, but no, it, it is. It's a, it's a dark place. Here's my take on the internet. It is. It's a garden, and from the soil of that garden grows things that are beautiful and things that are nourishing, and then underneath that. There are worms. the things that drive it. Yes, worms. And you, you, there are decorative rocks, and you don't want to lift them up and see what's underneath right. because there are slimy, crawly things that somehow nourish the the soil. And I will never forget the first time I really started getting hatred on the internet. It was early days of barstool, but we had grown to the point where our comment section stopped being people that we knew 
who would come up with a funny line about what you wrote that you had missed somehow. Yeah. And it became complete strangers who just accused you of, like, every rancid, horrible, nightmarish <laughs> thing possible to the point where if I got three comments in a row without someone saying that, I molest the kids that I coach. Yeah, football. right, right. No. Yeah, you like, know, hey, I'm they're, cut, they're cutting right day. to the chase. They are liking me today. And it kind of toughens you up to the just, point where. Right, just you, to be you, clear, you don't do that, right? Uh, I stopped coaching. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't. No, I did. I did not do that. No, Once well, they assume that you. I, I, you know, one of the two of the moms, if it meant more playing time with <laughs> the kids, I, I wouldn't have, you know, minded. Only when they're together. Over the sweater, you know. Yeah, exactly. But you know, consensual because that's how. Yeah. That's how I roll. Hey, but, Jerry, we had this. The point where oh. when I when I was at EEI, we had that text line in front of us. Yes. I'd be like, that's I was all sort worst. of immune to it because well, I've, I've heard oh. a lot worse than this. Yeah, because it's people all day. It's like when I when I. Put, go on the text line on EEI now, it's only to say, hey, Mutt, you suck. Oh, and oh, it's only late at night. Sorry, hey, we we have this little bell that we use when we want to change the subject. Well, not when we want to, but we because we have a time constraint. So here's the bell. Shoot. Okay, ready? We're changing the subject. I'm going to give out a shout-out. Shout out, shout out. You know what? An angel just <laughs> got its wing. <laughs> I have to give a shout-out to Chuck Perks, who's the program director of 100.1 FM, the yes. Pike where I work. He had COVID, and he's fighting it off. He's working from his house, doing his show from his house, but he's still doing both shows, the Midday Show and the 80s at 8. I just got to give him a you know, a thumbs up for being such a soldier through this thing. And he's really also a great boss. He's a great program director, and I just you know, want to give him a shout-out. Chuck, is a, is the, he typifies the, the definition of a boss versus a manager. Right. He's more like a manager. Yeah. He's like a, not really a yeah. boss to tell you what to do and everything. He's and he's a manager people like, like Terry Francona. Yeah. By the way, uh, Mr. Thornton, you're a sports dude. We got to we got to cover all these teams on a rapid fire basis. But let's oh get a Jerry Thornton, the state of. Let's start with the Patriots. Um, well, what what what's your assessment? Yeah, I've I've been fascinated by this whole process of how they're it's it's playing out, how they've tried to make this transition in a post Brady world, and it, and it hasn't been perfect. God knows. Um, I I think that what they decided to do was to pivot from okay, everyone in the league is trying to stop the Chiefs. So what if we go big and just try to overpower people? And and it's worked to an extent, but I, I still think in the long run, COVID kicked them in the in the nuts, and uh, the, the Cam Newton experiment hasn't really worked. And it's ultimately going to be a bridge year. And I'm I'm all on board about the future. The one guy in the history of the world, Mikey, besides you, yeah. that I want to have in charge of this transition is in charge of this transition. So Good. I'm 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 buying in. So you're you're as optimistic as you can be when your team is five and six. And uh, but to me, it's like this. I I, I just I'm, I'm trying to make it simple here. You know, it wasn't all to losing just losing Gronk or having guys opt out and not play, get injured, or whatever. This is a transition for the team in this respect. <clears throat> you can spend your whole life dating Giselle Bunchen, and then suddenly you get stuck with Whoopi Goldberg. Oof. And it's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm just not used to this. And I think that 
with all due respect to Cam Newton, right? I mean, whatever. He's not Tom Brady. We can't expect him to be Tom Brady. We can't expect a team that loses the greatest quarterback in history and maybe the greatest tight end in history to be the yeah. same team we watched win every year. We can't expect that. It's it, it's not realistic. Nobody expected sure. that, though. It, it, <clears throat> nobody expected them that, to be that. You know, you're, you're, you're looking at a at a situation where they've they've lost a lot of guys. They, they led the league and... Uh, COVID opt-outs, and yes. they've held their, you know, the the finances in place so that next year, when the salary cap drops, that they'll be able to be big spenders. Where other teams, I mean, like the the Saints, for instance, are in big trouble. Like they're going to have to gut their team next year. And I think Belichick thought a year ahead on this. It still sucks. And but, but I mean, you look at how many games they came right down to. They could have won in Seattle. Uh, at Buffalo, were it not for like you know a, a inability to get in from the one yard line, yeah. or a fumble and whatever, so it, it hasn't been a disaster. I remember, I remember disasters. They used to have you know uh, guys like uh, Ron Meyer in charge of them, or Hugh Millen, you know, Dick McPherson, or whatever. Yeah, Rod Rust. So this is like it, it's a bump in the road. It's amazing that they could go twenty years without a bump in the road. Like this, but you know the the team's making an effort, and Newton has worked hard. But yeah, I, I don't think he's the long term solution to, now, to say the least. Let's move on to the Red Sox. We have, um, I mean, we've been through. Let's face it, the crappiest year in sports. The Celtics ran for a while; that was great. The Bruins ran for a little while, but they ended up in failure. And you know, in Boston, if you if you don't win the championship, it's kind of a failure. But with the Red Sox, what do what the hell was that? What what was that? You know, it's like this. In these trying and uncertain times, sometimes you have to play with the the players you have, and they can really, really suck and look like double A players. And the manager can be an idiot, and the fans aren't in the stands. And I think I just puked on my shoes. This was the worst Red Sox season I can remember. They're the anti-patriots. They they are the team that has to go for it and load up once in a while, and then dial it back, and then be terrible for a while. And I don't see why that's the case. If somebody can explain to me why they couldn't have paid Mookie Betts, and that's it. Well, they have to pay a luxury tax. Pay it. I, I've been in Boston Inner Harbor. I've seen the Iroquois. I know what John Henry is worth. I know that he could have signed that check. And yet they've cocked it up to the point where I don't see them coming back from this anytime soon. Do you think Mookie, and I'm still though, trying to figure out why 2020 Alex Cora was unfit to serve, but 2021 Alex Cora is. Like, he either did something wrong or he didn't. Yeah. I, I, I don't get why you needed to hit the pause button on him. And more than anything, like the, the John Henry thing, Mikey, has made me really struggle to like or care about this team, notwithstanding yeah. the four and a half hour games. Well, that's part you know? of it. That's part of it. The that the whole the whole sport of baseball to me, and I'm I'm a huge baseball guy. Oh yeah, I can't you're watch as big anymore. A baseball guy as I know. I, I can't watch it's anymore. It's, it's not just the fact that I don't know these. Who, who's this guy? Who's this guy? Who's this guy? That's with every team, because people move around so much. I don't know the names. I used to know the names of every, every player on every team. I could tell you their lineup. I could tell you their roster. Now. I, I guess I just don't give a shit anymore, and that's terrible. Something's happened to me and the game at the same time. Yeah, I, I defy anyone to name five guys who appeared in the ALCS. 
But ask a guy my age or your age, and I, I hate to sound like with the, you know, Stadler and Waldorf in the balcony of the Muppets, but, like, you and I can both name the batting order yeah. that the Red Sox faced in 1975 in the World Series. Of course. Of course. <laughs> exactly. And, 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 and you the, can tell the uniform numbers, You can a little bit about the person. Right now I'm in this lost world of, you know, because with baseball you have to care about the player to care about the team, you have to yeah. know about the player, and you put them all together, it's a chemistry thing. There's too much movement in the NBA. Uh, people don't stay with the same team long enough for them, team or, or, or fan base, to have an identity with them. Same in baseball. Now, in football, you don't notice it as much because the stars usually stay put pretty long, you know, at least longer than they do in the other sports. But I'll tell you, Mr. Thornton, it's pissing me off because I really love the game of baseball. It's just slowed down to the point where I can't watch it. I'll die before I get to the end of the game. Yeah, baseball's biggest enemy is baseball itself. Like Mike Trout, I keep hearing, might be the greatest player that ever lived. He could walk down the street of any U.S. city maskless, and nobody would recognize who he is. Like, he wouldn't get stopped. But, like, Baker Mayfield, the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, everyone knows who he is. Do you remember when baseball this year announced their Gold Glove Awards? I, I know. I don't on remember. election night. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like it was like their own acknowledgement that, yeah. We're burying the lead. This is kind of a stupid award. So, yeah, we're just going to hide it into the, the you know, we'll, we'll just weave it into the middle of, like, the most contentious night in American history because we're embarrassed by it. Yeah. Hey, uh, not to change the subject, but the bell went off. Oh, oh. hey, where, oh. Do you, where do you, first of all, let me ask Smitty first. Smitty, where do you get your haircuts? I do it myself. Like a Floby? No, the Floby wasn't that something that they did in the sixties. I don't the Floby. I don't, you hooked up to I a vacuum. Do that in the 60s. They do it now. I did ask really? George Clooney. I did LSD in the sixties. Come on, read some Barstool Sports. Where do you get your haircut, Ben? I do it myself. Shut up. Yeah, I do. Thornton, where do you get your haircut? Uh, I go to a chain place, and I hate to say it because I'd love to support the local people, but the chain place keeps the haircut on a computer, and <laughs> yes. they just know exactly what you want. Whereas I used to go to a local person, and half the time I'd walk out of there, and my friends would go, was she mad at you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, it'd be like the Green Mile. Like, But I, you, how about you, Mike? Um, I, well, first of all, I just, I'm fresh off one of my, I have a, every six months I get That's a like a Richie Cunningham haircut you yeah. have. And, but you know what's problem? The problem is that because all the, the hair on top was darker, the hair on the side is so gray. I Now I look like I'm 10 years older than my last mm. haircut. But I, I, the reason I bring it up is because I brought a picture of George Clooney and to the lady to cut my hair. And I said, I want to look like this. And she smacked me in the face with a shovel. <laughs> no, uh, George Clooney gets his haircut with a floby. That's the home he cuts his own hair. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to jump over you. With I didn't fl- know that was coming. Yeah. yeah. So this this thing you hook up to a vacuum cleaner and zzz, it, and it cuts yeah. your hair for you. You know, it's like I don't know. I, this My is what the world is coming it. to now. on his show. You know that it pays for itself in only six haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to go through life looking like you cut your hair with a, a Hoover up. You know what? But, S- um, six yeah. trims six trims with a blow-up, Dallin, the same thing applies. It pays for itself. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Uh, so, you know, okay. I, I, was, I was looking at the Rudy Giuliani thing where he had, like, the hair dyed streaming yeah, down his I felt face. bad for him. And I, it I occurred to me that, like, I've never been tempted to dye my hair. Am I in a minority there? Should I just... Well, no, we actually have that know? in common. I've never been tempted to dye your hair either. <laughs> so, I know it's, Damn. you know what it is. The, the TV, it's for TV people. Yeah. Hair dye is for TV people because otherwise it doesn't matter. But 
when you're on television, and you notice all these guys, like on Fox News, they have this chestnut brown color, and they all have the same goddamn color. Yeah. And then you look at these different guys, and it's not even it's not even subtle. It's like uh, I can tell by even at home without high def. That's right. yeah. hair dye. And, and my thing is like when you're a man, it, it, different rules for women for, for sure. If you if a woman, if you want to dye your hair, if you need to have implants, wh- whatever, go for it. With a guy, it's just like dye it. I mean, it's it's cut it, shave it off, whatever. No one looks at Woody Harrelson and goes, "Oh man, yeah, old looking dude." <laughs> just go, he's Woody Harrelson, Bruce Willis. Like like me, I I, I don't know. I I just go for the I go for the silver fox. But thing. you, yeah, you've been gray for a long time for a young guy. What are you forty? Yeah, uh, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> wouldn't that be no? But you've had you've had graying I, hair for a long, long time. I, like I'm Steve at Martin. that age where I identify. Oh yeah, I, my hair started turning gray in high school. And I just decided to let it go. But I, I'm at that age, Mikey, where I identify myself according to other celebrities who are my age. Yeah. So when people say like, "How old are you?" I go, "Ah, Johnny Depp's age, Brad Pitt's age." Right, right. You know, because the similarities between us are right. so. Uh, many. I used I was, to do that with John Travolta till he started looking like he does now. <laughs> where he's doing that commercial where he's yeah, Santa. I was he fine really with it. Need a lot of right, makeup to look like Santa. Right, right through Pulp Fiction, I was still with him, and then we got we got weird. No way. We plug a Rooney on his head. Um, now let me. Uh, oh wait, hold on, hold on. Ready? You want to do it, Ben? Go ahead. Yeah. Ben, <gasps> ben got the oh bell. The bell. Okay, guys, you know I don't like LeBron James. I'm not a fan. Yeah, I know. Did you hear two things about LeBron James were in the news today? One Is this them... news? Yeah, well, it's kind of news, yeah. And now, the news. Here's Dick Long. I'm Dick Long, and this is the news. Watching YouTuber Jake Paul knock out former Knicks guard Nate Robinson in a boxing match gave MMA fighter Colby Covington an idea. Two days after that fight, Covington called out L.A. Lakers star LeBron James. Covington said he could knock James out in half the time it took Paul to take down Robinson. Covington also took a shot at all NBA players, calling them the softest and most privileged athletes on the planet, although they do have really large dicks. That's... <laughs> hold on. I'm sorry, that, that part isn't news. No, this is news. We knew that. No, hold on. This is news. Carnival Cruise Line's trademark application for King James goes down the chute. Apparently, there's only one King James in the United States, and it's Lakers star LeBron James. Carnival Corporation, the cruise company, tried to trademark the term King James in the United States, but quickly dropped that application once James got involved, according to the Miami Herald. They had applied for the King James trademark in 2019, and then they had to change their application multiple times. Finally, they got the go-ahead from the federal government. But LeBron James is having none of it. He's got his lawyers involved. He's walking up and down the court. He's sweating with the chosen one tattooed to his back, acting like the cocky son of a bitch that he is, saying, you can't take my name, King James. That's my name, King James. That's the news. I'm with, I'm with LeBron on this one. Really? Who would you rather support on this one? LeBron James, an amazing basketball player, or fucking what, Carnival Cruise Line? Well, they've had some rough times. I feel bad for Carnival Fuck Cruise Line. Carnival Cruise Line. Did you, you hear know, that, Jim? More on LeBron James' side if he didn't steal Taco Tuesday from somebody who... Correct. See, I, you know, this guy, he, I think he's a big, giant, egotistical bag of smash. So what do you think play basketball, you know? Have you ever seen me pogo stick? 
I'm pretty my, good my at it. My favorite moment of his that just exposed him for what he is. And yes, he's an amazing basketball player. No, he's not a terrible human being. <laughs> no, no, what no. What he is is a raging narcissist to the point where yeah. they were the, – was he with Cleveland or Miami? But anyway, they were playing at the Garden, and he came walking past the ESPN cameras, knowing damn well they were right there in the hallway. Sure. And he was reading a book. And that book was The Godfather. And he was on, like, page three. So, okay, LeBron, walk me through this. You decided on the bus ride over from the hotel to crack open a 40-year-old novel, and you're just starting it. This wasn't just your way of saying, hey, look at me, everybody. I'm really literate. It was no. genuine. It was a genuine moment. And it's he's like, like who, I, who does that? You it, know what I mean? Like, imagine as much as like I might hate like old school guys like Billy and Bear or Dennis Rodman or whatever. Right? They would not have done that, and that's why I hated but respected them. LeBron is just super talented, but he's a knucklehead, and I, I, I would never want him on my team. Well, he would, he would, I would say, I would he, rather lose without him. I gotta go. He'd say, I gotta go. I gotta, I, I can't wait to read page four. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, now, here's something for you. You ready? Yes. This is like the the service at the front desk. You know, that, that dinging of the bell. You ever have to ring those like over and over again? No one comes out. Oh yeah. Don't you hate that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I, I just, I, yeah, I just refuse. I just feel like it's, it's like ringing a bell for like a dog to come have dinner. Like I, I just, I'd rather just stand there forever. Right. I'm gonna, be I'm gonna, behind my eyes if they don't show up. I'm gonna quiz all three of you guys together. Smitty, yes sir. Ben and the one and only Jerry Thornton from Barstool Sports. These are Snapple caps. Okay, now you all know that I drink three Snapples a day, yep. which is in essence a thousand of them a year. And I, I save the caps. Why? Because the caps are better than a lot of cheap entertainment. <laughs> and I'm going to see if you guys, whoever comes closest to the guests of these, okay? Okay. Oh, go ahead. Okay, guys. How long does it take Pluto to orbit the sun once? Six years. Fifteen years. I'm going to say 83 years. Jerry Thornton's the closest. 248 years. Whoa. The last time Pluto orbited the sun was when they were signing the goddamn Declaration of Goddamn Independence. <laughs> Come on, get a move on, Pluto. No wonder you're not a planet, you with your stupid elliptical orbit. Get off your ass and start moving, and we'll, we'll, we'll return you back to the, to the family of planets. So, yeah, we'll make you go to Uranus. All right, now, <laughs> tell me the speed at Doesn't which... Doesn't that actually make it one year? 248 years one to, Pluto year. to orbit the sun. No, no, no. no. <laughs> one Sorry. Pluto year. That's a goofy thing to say, uh, Mickey Mouse. All right, now, how fast do you exhale air? In miles per hour? Yeah. Okay. 150 miles per hour. Two. Two miles per I- hour? Mm, uh, you know what? I'm going to guess this only because I know it's how fast you ejaculate. <laughs> go, Jerry. Go. You did some research on this, did you? 27 miles an hour. It's 15. <laughs> but it's does that make Thornton still closest, though, right? 
Yeah, there, there was a. Uh, a oh, I thought a, we were supposed to answer. A, a comic was multiples on of Conan O'Brien a while ago, and she said you ejaculated 27 miles an hour, which is the fastest that Usain Bolt has ever run. So that what? if he That's actually right. ejaculated while he was sprinting, it wouldn't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tony, if you're gonna come, come fast and furious. Now, uh, we. By the way, how how fast do you think farts come out of your uh, anus? 31 miles an hour. I don't have that. Oh, it's not, it's, can you imagine Snapple Cap puts that in there? No. I, but how, what do you think? How fast is a fart? Because have 21 you ever, miles an hour. You guys ever fart in an elevator? Yes. Yeah. Who, oh, like, yeah. Who has it? It's like, yeah, who doesn't? I, I was working at Intercom, and a, a lady who worked down the hall, she was from AAF. I, I'm not going to mention any names. She worked at AAF. And Big Andy and I got into the elevator. <laughs> they come out 10 feet per second. Wow. <laughs> Hold on. No, no. Because sometimes they take a lot longer than that to get to the other people. Quote from NBCNews.com. <laughs> Farts have been clocked at a speed of 10 feet per second. Oh, but that's Whoa. a super. That's like a, a person produces about a half a liter of farts a day. Wow. Women. Imagine being the one sitting there with that radar gun. <laughs> 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 That's just it's a science. It's a science. Come on, let her rip. Let's go. No, but here's the thing: the lady gets on the elevator, or we got on the elevator, and she had just farted in the <laughs> elevator. So, so we jump in. She's going to floor one. Where she brings the thing. We got on floor three, and I, we just knew. I mean, this was so fresh that it was like I know she did it, and she she couldn't get out of that elevator fast enough when we got to the first floor. She almost virtually ran down the hall because we, we were laughing because it was brutal. <laughs> No, it wasn't that one. Oh, okay. Ben's making, trying to indicate. I'm trying to mime to figure out who okay. it is. And, you okay. know, on a, on a very related note, and I'll be quick. Uh, Adam Carolla <laughs> has come up with this, and I, I, I use this all the time. Whether you're deciding, you know, whether to wear a mask or not, it's use the fart rule. Like, would you wear a mask <laughs> when you're on an elevator by yourself? Well, would you fart there? Yes, you would. <laughs> when you walk on a crowded elevator, would you fart? No, wear a mask there. When you uh, get to your you. room, would you take it off? Yeah, because you would fart there. And right. that, that, that served me extremely well. When I'm at the town dump, yeah, I would let one rip, so I'm not going to wear a mask. But when I'm in Trader Joe's, okay. <laughs> hey, by the way, Trader Joe's is an okay place because you, you get, you know, they have wide aisles. Um what is the okay? This is, this is a Snapple cap right here. Okay, this is one that says. I, honestly, I get. I need stronger readers, man. I'm getting old. Yep. If you drilled a hole through the Earth, how long would it take you to fall through it all the way through? You you wouldn't. Well, no. You, uh, let's assume you do. You drill. A, you would, you would no. get to the. You would get to the Earth's. Uh, core and, and just stop, well, but, right? no, but it says right here, Jerry Thornton. If you drilled a hole through the earth, now that's of course obnoxiously impossible. Yeah. If you drilled a hole, okay. Well, let me just get and my you're drill. Just, and you're just so you you dig a hole from Boston to, to China. Hong Kong. Yeah. And you're asking how long would it take you to fall, fall through in between those all the way through the core of the earth? You drilled a hole, so it's perfect for falling through. An hour. Is there an answer to this question? You said an hour. Sure. What did you say? I would say, um, come on, think about it. Fall through, fall through the earth in your mind. mind. Falling at a rate of, all right, uh, I've got it. Go ahead. How long would it take you to fall through the earth? Twelve hours. You said one hour. You said twelve. That's a big discrepancy. Jerry, I'm going to go with 
four hours and 15 minutes, which is the average length of a Red Sox night game, and this would be a lot more pleasant. <laughs> um, it would take you... Forty-two minutes to fall oh, through the earth. Wow. So, yeah, I thought an hour was winter. a little fast. You got a you got a clear winter. Well, that's if you don't bump into anything on the way through. You know, you could bump into all kinds of things. Have you ever seen Journey to the Center of the Earth? Yeah. Okay, sure. guys. Here's. <laughs> By the way, Kyrie Irving says it would be three minutes because you're just going to come out the bottom of the earth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a paper cut. All right. Here's one for you. This is a good one. The smallest county in America. Where is it? Georgia. <sighs> Don't you love Snapple caps, though? There you go. Absolutely. Iowa. I'm going to go with uh, the District of Columbia. Oh, Jerry. Sorry. What are we measuring it by? Penis size. Oh. Yeah. No. Sudbury. Uh, then Weymouth. The smallest, <laughs> <laughs> smallest county in America is its area. Oh. Oh, you mean uh, as an acreage? Well, it's area, yeah. It's, uh, well, that's, that's why I went with <laughs> District of Columbia. I figured maybe there's three or four And, and it's not a bad guess, Mr. Thornton. You're a smart guy. Massachusetts, one of the islands. It's New York County, better known as Manhattan. Manhattan. It's the ah. smallest county in America. And one of the most famous. See, when you originally asked the question, I thought you meant Population. Oh yeah, Manhattan's really, really got nothing going on <laughs> population wise. You know, it's too... so we no, covered not, we covered far... what's that? Not these not days. these days. There's nothing going on there. Yeah, it is a... yeah, it's a ghost town right now. Uh, so we've covered football with Jerry Thornton of Barstool Sports, one of our favorite humans on the face of the earth. We've covered farting in elevators. Mm-hmm. We've talked about LeBron James, football, baseball. What what else? What else? We covered the pretty male, much. Uh... The, the, the male orgasm, we've talked about that. The, but just purely from a scientific, you know, kinesiology uh, point of view. Um, yeah. We, we, we haven't mentioned that I have a new book out. What's the book, Thornton? Six Rings. Ooh, oh, I saw you. Super Bowl History of the New England Patriots, parentheses, so far, close parentheses. And, uh... It's a uh, kind of a follow-up to From Darkness to Dynasty, my first book, which is now available from uh, Triumph Books. So there you go. I'm not afraid to no. throw in a shameless plug right there. I wish I'd, I wish I'd thought of it. I, we could have done it at the very front of the show. But, you know, we always save the best for last. On the well, planet, maybe we can do a little introduction. Like, hey, uh, this show, we talked to Jerry Thornton. We'll put it in know, the description. Listen. Yeah, my baby's got to eat, Micah. You know, I, gotta, I will. I, gotta, I will tweet I the living money. shit out of this, Mister Thornton. And you know what's funny is because I <laughs> I, lo- I lost a lot of Twitter followers in the last two months. I don't know why the election or something. I don't know. I mean, I'm a centrist libertarian. How can you hate me? You pissed off all those people in India. Those Indian people. That's yes, yep. uh, Jerry. Let me ask you a question. Shoot. Um, did you send a signed copy over to Belichick? Because I was there the day he signed that copy. For you in the studio, or you signed the copy for him at his request in the studio. Yes, uh, I, my uh, sweet Irish Rose said to me, "Oh, you ought to bring a copy of the book." So this is what 2014, right? Yeah. We just kind of no, maybe 2000, 2015. I want to say because it was um, training camp, and I remember he was particularly cranky that day. Mm-hmm. Mike, Mike Ian Smitty, I don't know if you guys know this about him, but he has a reputation for being kind of a, you know, a, a persnickety. Mo- moody, yes. Yeah. yeah. 
And that day in particular, he'd come in from practice and was just kind of monosyllabic with his answers. And when we were done, I just like, oh, hey, Bill, I wrote this. I got a book. Look, you're in it. (laughs) You're in it. Spoiler spoiler alert, you win the Super Bowl. And he called his whole demeanor changed. He was like, wow, this is great. Congratulations. You should be very happy about this. Oh, hey, take it with my compliments. And he left because he had his press conference to go to. What would you say, uh, Ben? Two minutes, maybe, he was gone? Yep, he, it was probably about four minutes, four or five minutes, because you kind of went through a commercial break, and you were back into content. Okay. <laughs> and Mikey handed it to me, and he said, Jerry, can I um, can I ask you to sign this for me? I was like, ah! Was like jazz hands <laughs> oh, and that's stuff. the greatest. And you know that somewhere he's got this football book collection, like the Library sure. of Alexandria. And somewhere in there is my goofy little poem about the early days when the toilets didn't work at Schaefer Stadium and, you know, guys were being chained to the handcuffed to the chain link fence because the the police station ran out of like lockup space or whatever. So those were the days. so you, you I, wait. I, you wait forty-five I, minutes during halftime to get to the to, into the bathroom, and then you get there and you're peeing in a sink because everybody's lined up at the sinks too. You know. Yeah, yeah, and even though like you know the the aqueduct in Rome two thousand years ago worked, like they had working plumbing in the Colosseum, but Schaefer that was built in 1971 and is named after the worst beer that has ever been brewed and put into cans yeah they couldn't get that stuff to work so you know this book i i said you know and i i, I want to tell the story of the super bowl era but have fun with it and the craziness and the the, the fake scandals yeah the, but like having six rings so. hatred and them changing rules to stop this team from winning and and right. how they just managed to push through and continue to be great for 20 years. It's got to be much more fun when you have six rings to talk about rather than, uh, you know, Schaefer's one beer to have when you're having more than one. Uh, Jerry Thornton's book is Six Rings, right? Yes, exactly. Now, that's, uh, is that the it's, Olympic it's logo? Available at fine bookstores everywhere and <laughs> online. And, uh, and, uh, oh, I, is if, the Olympic 7? If I seven? couldn't make it fun, I wouldn't have, uh, I wouldn't have even bothered trying to write it but it was uh it was a, it was a work of passion it really was and you know i i may have uh there may be a large shipment of them going over to uh Gillette stadium i'm just saying <laughs> like it uh they're seriously like they the, the team uh, purchased a, a bunch i'll just say it you know six rings is a great title too because people know what you're talking about it's like it's like the did you know that it takes neptune 476 years to make six rings around uranus did you know that? No, I'm serious. I am totally dead serious. Uh, is, that a, is that a Snapple fact? No, it didn't. That's a Mikey okay. fact. That's a bottle I wouldn't be drinking it's if it had that under the cap. dubious at best. Well, we want, ben, we always... you, ben, you're a big Mitch Hedberg fan, right? Love him. M- remember his bit about, I killed the top off a, a cup of yogurt, and it said, sorry, try again. <laughs> and I, I didn't know that they were running a contest. I thought they were just trying to inspire me. You know, like fruit on the bottom, yeah. hope on the top. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like that's like the uh, uh, the old uh, Roddy Dangerfield joke. He says, "Hey, I got some mail the other day from uh, what's that publisher's clearinghouse. The envelope said you could already be a loser." <laughs> 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 we always finish with a musical number here. Uh, we we have these this 
ongoing thing with uh, Joe and Jerry, and I think they have a special guest, Mr. Thornton. He, but you've been our special guest on this broadcast. Stick around for the musical entertainment as we close out this podcast, number 103, with some Kistiglioki. Wild thing. Is this by the Trugs? You make my heart sing. You look like a Trug, Joe. You make everything groovy. That's a little outdated, groovy. Wild thing. Wild thing, I think I love you. But I want to know for sure. You can look it up, Joe. So come on and hold me tight. Weirdo. Can you believe it? Oh, my God. It's your turn, Troop. Take verse two. I'm ready, Joe. <coughs> Flimble. Wild thing. With feeling this time. You make my heart sing. That's it. Feel it. Feel it, Troop. You make everything groovy like John Jaha. That like wild thing. Here comes the flute solo. It's like a skin flute. You would know all about a skin flute, Joe. Oh, come on, Troop. Don't be such a homophobe. Wild thing, I think you move my bowels. That's disgusting. But I want to know for sure. Check my underwear, Joe. Come on. Hold me tight. Ah. You move me. You don't sound that moved. <laughs> That's Let's a get good Yaz one. in here. Yes, come, come on, on. Yes, yes come Step sing with up us. To the microphone come on, with Yes, Joe we're going to sing together. You're a Hall of Famer. Alright, this microphone right here. Yeah, right there. Alright. Wild thing. Good one. You, you uh, you make my heart, heart sing. sing. Right, right, yes. You're smart. You make everything uh, groovy and things of that nature. You said you couldn't sing. Wild thing. Come on, come on, wild thing. Everybody. Shake it, shake it. Shake it, wild, wild thing. thing. Come on, let's join yes. Like Mrs. Yorkie used to. I oh, love you, wild thing. Joe. This was a bad idea. You're very fortunate to have a long career. Not the wild only thing play. you had that was long, I heard. Heard your kielbasa was pretty long, too. 